Hey, lighting. Have you heard? Welcome to Barnes and No! <laughs> no, I have not. The Truck Show. We're going to show you what we know. We're going to answer what the truck. Because truck rides with show we have the lifted we have the lowered and everything in between we'll talk about trucks that run on diesel and the ones that run on gasoline the truck show the truck show the truck show oh, oh. it's the truck show with your hosts lightning and holman this episode of the Truck Show Podcast, Have You Heard? is proudly presented by Nissan with the Frontier, Titan, and Titan XD. Nissan has a truck for every need along with the legendary Nissan durability. Test drive your next truck at a local Nissan dealer today or point your browser to NissanUSA.com where you can use the build and price tool to configure a Nissan truck that fits your lifestyle. And when you're thinking about... And when you're thinking about adding power or improving fuel economy, Banks has over 65 years of experience. Whether it's cold air intakes or exhaust systems, tuning, throttle control, charge air cooling, lubrication components, and much more, no one offers smarter, safer, 50-state emissions-compliant performance parts than Gale Banks. You'll find the best engineered parts for your truck at BanksPower.com. This is the show where they talk breaking news, and this is the part where Coleman has lightning at you heard. On this episode of the Truck Show Podcast, have you heard? We've got our friend Caleb Jacobs, journalist for The Drive. So why don't we give him a call? What's up, what's up, what's up? On the phone, we've got one Mr. Caleb Jacobs of The Drive and TheDrive.com. He is uh, a journalist, and uh, we love the dude, and we've been wanting to have you on the show for quite some time. Welcome. Hey, man. Thank you guys for having me. Glad to be here. You know, this is a... I got to say, whenever you're in the, the media game, especially in the automotive media game, you, you get tired of, uh, of reading the same stuff over and over and over again. And really, it takes a lot to, uh, you know, make you want to tune in if it's something that you do every day for work. But I tell you, this truck show podcast, it's all right. He's lying. He starts us the show with a lie right to our face. A no, 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 it's not lie. to our face. It's right to our ears. Right to our ears. Yeah. <sighs> I'm going to roll with it, though. Oh, totally oh, yeah, yeah. We got a quick intro to play. Don't do dare move. Pull up a stool and share. Pull up a stool and share a, a story. story. Pull up a stool and share. How about you pull up a stool and share with us? So Caleb's been doing some research on quite a few topics, one of which I'm very interested in, and we've been covering it quite a bit on the show, and that's the latest Dieselgate with Cummins. Now, we've got a few other topics to cover, but Holman, if you don't mind, can we get into that one first? Sure. So Caleb had a, uh, a an ear on a call with, was it the Department of Justice and EPA and Cummins? Or explain that call recently and what you learned. Yeah, yeah, of course. So it was the Department of Justice. It was the EPA. Um, it was California Air Resources Board. Um, and so, yeah, essentially, I got to be a fly on the wall during this call uh, where they gave a little bit of a rundown, a rundown uh, what's happening with Cummins, the settlement, uh, gave a few more details. Obviously, that's something that we've been curious about. You know, there wasn't much new information after uh, news of the settlement was 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 made and then finally they they said cummins did do wrong on 
purpose. So they right? said that, that, was, uh, that, the whole... that Cummins was naughty. They were very naughty, naughty, <laughs> yeah. naughty little boy. You think that's how they said it? I don't yes. think they speak like that. And then they brought out their little, uh, I think a, it was a, a, a yardstick, <laughs> and they slapped them right across the knuckles, and they said, uh, two billion, please. Yeah, two billion, please. Exactly that. Well, and that's that's been the thing, right? Is that so far, Cummins has said that um, they have no evidence of anyone acting in bad faith. You know, they don't admit any wrongdoing. And so that, you know, was mentioned during this call, right, um, by reporters. They say this is what Cummins is telling people. Um, the feds feel differently. Uh, the quote that I got was that they that Cummins deserves to pay every dollar. Um, it was called a brazen scheme, uh, smoke and mirrors. So there's a clearly bad blood between the two, and uh, the feds feel pretty strongly about it. Now, is this uh, before or after the feds uh, tallied up all the emissions from airplanes and cargo ships? When they said all the all the horrible things it was doing to small children and, yeah. and all that, they're not really looking at those things right now, are they? No, I don't think so. <laughs> well, uh, you know, this has been the hot ticket item, and and you know, all over the past few years, of course, it's been the the diesel aftermarket. Uh, but you know, Cummins far from the first manufacturer to deal with this. We've seen. Uh, the federal government take on several OEMs, automakers, just alike. And, uh, but this is the, the largest civil penalty issued under the Clean Air Act. In one of the articles, well, no, it was the, 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 the president or CEO of Cummins said, we cannot find any wrongdoing. And it also well, said... I think, I think they said intentional. Oh, was that the case? Okay. I, I believe the quote intentional was something wrongdoing. like, they, they don't think it was anybody did anything on, on purpose. It wasn't malicious, kind of what we had talked about before. Um, but it, things have changed in the last 72 hours since this call that Caleb was on with uh, the government. It seems like there's a lot more information coming out now than when we last spoke about it. So as far as what the federal government is putting out there, right, uh, what they're saying Cummins did, um, they they mentioned that part of it was undisclosed um, software of uh, oh, the auxiliary emissions control devices. That was a big part was that uh, Cummins didn't disclose that. But uh, the EPA does say that 2013 through 2019 uh, ran heavy duties. Uh, they did have software defeat devices, according to their definition of that term. It's still kind of all over the place. They didn't say this is the exact component that we found to be out of compliance or anything like that. But uh, it all has to do with software. So it, it, it kind of lines up with what we had surmised with uh, Peter at SEMA and and Corey uh, over at PPEI in our previous podcast. But what's interesting is, you know, the government, when they put out these press releases, like to use these these words that aren't clearly defined. For example, significant, right? Like they said, you know, uh, causing a significant impact or a significant harm. Well, what what qualifies as significant? What is that definition? Is it something that's actually noticeable is it is it from a different perspective of, of the automotive industry? Is it a percentage? Is or is it just they're over aggressive? Is it something that could have been solved with paperwork? Like those are all the burning questions I have. Like clearly these trucks are not coming out of the factory, you know, uh, rolling coal, right? Like we're, they're not they're not gross polluters, and I don't think anybody has said they're gross polluters. But however, there's some sort of thing in the software that allowed them to get around whatever the regulations were. So okay, yeah, slap on the wrist. That's bad. I want to know at the level of, of how bad. And I don't think anybody is really come forward to say what the exact impacts. They're using this broad language with adjectives like significant, and, and but that's not defined. 
Right, right. And, and I think they're able to, uh, you know, kind of lean on the number of trucks that are in question here, right? So in total, it's nearly a million. I think it's 960,000. And so I think that they kind of get by with that in that way. You know, it's, it's clear that whenever you're dealing with that many vehicles, no matter how much excess they pollute, they could consider it to be significant. So that's one of those questions that, you know, we weren't able to ask because I wasn't given that much time with them, right? You know, there's a good part of the call that I sat in on uh, was then briefing us and then um, they gave journalists uh, just pretty much one opportunity to ask the most burning question. And so I wanted something a little different. Yeah, uh, maybe open interpretation, which, you know, who knows if that's the way it should be, but that's that's the way it is. Yeah, and I'll, I'll add a little bit of scale to this. So in 2022, which is, I think, the last full year of, of sales, uh, almost 14 million uh, units were moved in the United States, cars and trucks. And, and that was, uh, I think, like 13.9 was the number that I could find. So you figure a million trucks, it's less than 10% of one year of the entire automotive sales in the United States for example. I'm not saying that's good or bad. I'm not that saying that that justifies it, but just so I'm not going to just dispute them saying significant without putting out something you can measure by. So to me, I guess that's the easiest thing we could do is say that's how that amount of trucks relates in the grander scheme of how many vehicles are sold each year. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you completely. And this is one of those times where fortunately it isn't my job to make, uh, make up anybody's mind for them. Uh, I can present the facts as I find them, you and you and me and all of us can, you know, have these discussions where uh, we point out our findings. And, and fortunately, everybody that, uh, you know, listens to this podcast can, can make up their own minds. But these are all things that you have to consider. You By know, the way, it's not good to what's up. Caleb gets a bell. Why is that? Because he's being an actual journalist <laughs> where he's actually providing the facts oh, yeah. and staying in the middle impartial? of the story. Yeah. So I'm just going to I'm gonna give him a lot of bells because there's not a lot of that going on these days. Are you watching the groups and the forums, Cummins specifically, the RAM groups? Are you watching these groups because the RAM owners are in, they've got their panties in a wad. Like they are freaked out right now because you got a couple different groups. You got the guy who, Holman, this is, Honest to God, truth. A white, I'm going to say it was a 2020 Ram, goes down in front of banks, stops, and he walks in under the by the flagpole, walks into Roseanne and says, I need to meet with a technician. And she's like, they're not available now. They're, they're working on things, whatever. He goes, okay. He gets back in his truck. He goes over to the install bay, and he tries to get Robert's attention, one of our installers. And Robert's like, I'm, I'm, I'm under a truck. I can't talk right now. So he circles the block three times. Now everyone's kind of getting sketched out. Like, what's this guy? He's clean cut in a beautiful truck, white lifted Ram. Robert comes into the office and says, go talk to it. So I walk out and I said, is this emissions related? He's like, how'd you know? I said, I just had a feeling. And he said, tell me, do I need to register this truck in Arizona and delete it? Yeah, and I said, not the police. And I said, well, that's not in our wheelhouse. We don't do that. It's illegal. And then we proceeded to have this discussion and he pulled out a an envelope with a bunch of scribbles all over the envelope. It's just whatever he happened to have in the center console. And he had all these notes from articles, podcasts, everywhere. And he was trying to figure out if he should take his truck in to have the recall done. So this is a roundabout way of saying mm -hmm. that all these guys are freaked about the recall. They are concerned that when they go and have this recall done that's already gone out to tens of thousands of Ram owners... 
They go in and they get the software, uh, the firmware. Really, hundreds of thousands of RAM owners. Well, they will. But right now, I think they're just rolling out in batches, right? Small batches. So they don't overload the RAM dealers because they have to handle Too the late. software update. So these guys are going in and having this software update done to their ECM, and they're all concerned that the DEF consumption is going to go up, and they'll spend more money in DEF, and things will corrode faster, and just everything bad that happens with DEF. And so this guy had that same concern, and I said, don't worry about it. If your DEF consumption does go up, it's not going to kill your truck. And just try to put him at ease to get him down, rolling down the block and leave us alone. But... They're all saying the same thing. You go on these groups, and they're all posting well, because the, they're all the recall out. notice. There, there's multiple issues. There's the, there's the guy still under warranty who's going to go, oh, crap, i got to get this done on my next oil change. No big deal. Right. Then there's the guy who is skirting the wheels and still under warranty. He may not be able to register his vehicle in certain states because he's got to get that done, and he's got maybe a, a moderate tune, but it's not carb, or carb approved. And then you got the guy who's out of warranty, and the day he got out of warranty, he ripped everything off and said, screw it, you guys are never seeing my truck again. And now they're saying, hey, bring your truck on back. And now he's got to go figure out how to return his modified truck to stock how to go get a DPF, how to go get all the stuff yep. he needs yep. because he may mm-hmm. not be able to register Dude, his vehicle. There are so many guys with compound turbo setups, no no SCR, I, I so no DEF, no DPF, no many, EGR, yeah. nothing. And you're talking about $40,000 in parts probably or something like that right. or in labor. And, and mm-hmm. I don't know how many times we warned people on the show and we were like, don't do it. Chicken's coming home to roost. I guess a rooster would come home yeah, to roost. Yeah. But either way, <laughs> clearly I'm not I'm not from the country. But uh, some sort of bird that lays <laughs> eggs is going to come home and make a bunch of noise a in pigeon? your backyard. Whatever. And the the, the fact is that uh, that time is now. Uh-huh. So uh, go in your backyard yeah. and hopefully they laid a golden egg because that's what you're going to need in order to pay for all the parts to retrofit your truck back to stock. I mean, and then the dealers won't be able to take them and it's just going to be, this is going to uh, be, gonna be ugly. Yeah. So Caleb, I don't know if this would be right for the drive who you write for. Um, maybe it's a little too esoteric or inside the Ram community, but you're when you're talking about a million trucks and a lot of these guys are going to have to face the music that Holman just outlined, whether they have a mild tune or any of these situations, they don't want to go back to stock. They don't want the new firmware flash. You know, they like they're right. freaking out. Yeah, well, they are. And, and of course, something that we have to consider, too, is that there's going to be pressure from Cummins to get these jobs done. Right. I mean, it's a requirement that they repair 85 percent of these vehicles within the first three years or they face additional penalties. Now, the good news for those folks that have left their trucks alone, that have always, you know, maintained them the way that, you know, the factory suggests, is that uh, Cummins is required to uh, provide an extended warranty on these emissions components. And so um, that's all actually outlined in the consent decree, uh, you know, in the, like the legal paperwork that um, not everybody should have to go through, right? Like that's kind of my job to relay it. But, uh, you know, it's like up to 120,000 years or 120,000 miles or <laughs> 10 years from the date of manufacture. Obviously, there are a lot of people that are going to already fall out of that, you know, more than 120,000 miles on their truck, especially if it's getting close to 10 years old. Um, But that's at least one way that that Cummins is going to work with owners, work with customers. But uh, even still, there are going to be a lot of folks that are out of luck, just like you said. A lot of edge cases. Yeah. uh, well, and Caleb, exactly. if exactly. you if you have a, let's say you've got a 2017 with an extended warranty, you're still in it, but you've got a turbo system or you've got tuning or you have something that affects potentially the emission system, they don't have to, or the, maybe by law, they have to change out your DPF or SCR system, whatever. 
But they, they want the core. They're not just going to replace they, it if it's missing. No, no, I'm saying they have. I I know that there are dealerships right now that the guy will go and he goes, yeah, I've got a DPF that's gone bad. It's clogged, whatever. And they go, you've got a tune in it. We're not warranting it. So even though legally yeah. they're supposed to cover it for 10 years, they can skirt it and not pay because you've tuned the truck. I know what they're going to get. Yes. Even whether they have a, a, a warranty or not, they're going to get something for free. What's that? A sad trombone. They might even get two if they're lucky. <laughs> and as they leave... You know what I would be? I would be the service rider at the Ram dealership, and I would just play that all day long mm. as people were coming in, or or it would be the on-hold music for uh, scheduling your uh, your Ram to come in. Does that sound like uh, something that you'll be covering? The uh, the, the, the aftermath? Ram, the aftermath, the Ram fervor? Oh, of course, of course. <laughs> you know, just as much as it's my job, right, to... To cover this industry news, it's my job to be plugged into the culture, right? It's to talk to these people that own these trucks that are affected by these decisions that are made at a huge corporate scale that affect them individually. And so, yeah, these are these are concerns that people have had. You know, they're nothing new. But whenever it's something that is is mandated in this way, right? Whenever it's this huge sweeping program that just they get roped into, you know, we, we don't have necessarily as much experience uh, with that. And so it's going to be interesting to see how it unfolds. It's going to be a lot like uh, Sean said, I'm afraid, and I hate for those people, but that's, that's a very possible reality. And that language is put into these core documents, right? It, it says that, uh, you know, certain modifications are made. Uh, those parts do not have to be warrantied. So that's something you have to pay close attention to, right? You can't just assume that all of this stuff is going to be added back to your truck for free or that it's going to be replaced or repaired for free if uh, the way you have modified it, you know, takes it outside of those limits. Now, exactly what those limits are, that, that gets a little tricky there. And it's it's not up to a service rider's discretion either. So that'll be uh, interesting to follow up on. All right, so whiplash segue, Caleb, Cybertruck. I know the drive has covered a lot. Oh. You've had uh, Cybertrucks going off the road, stuck in the snow, the whole thing. What is your opinion on the Cybertruck mania? Oh, man. This is a discussion that we have as a staff like pretty much every day. Have you because... seen it in person yet? No, I haven't. I do. I live in Missouri. I live in the okay. Ozarks. There, there's not anything here. So I just saw it, touched it, sat in it this week. So I, I want to hear what you have That's to say. It. Because after seeing it, I may I may feel different about things. Wait. Okay. What? Okay. <laughs> so uh, just just to give you my two cents, right? As far as like somebody that you know like has to cover this for a living or whatever, I, I hate how often I'm forced to make the decision of whether or not we should cover something because there's something new every day, right? That, you know, at least somebody is going to write about, they're going to share a viral video, you know, they're going to point and laugh or whatever. Um, and sometimes that's warranted, you know, like there are definitely um, a few of those where we've seen the Cybertruck fall on its face and sure, you know, like go ahead, write about it. But I think that, you know, if we were able to look at it separately from all of the hype that's gone into it over the past, like however many years, it feels like 20 at this point. But if we were able to just judge it on its own, independent of Elon's claims or whatever, you know, I don't think everybody would want to dunk on it so hard. Now, of course, it still looks the way that it does. That's for some people and not for others. But I don't know. That's just my take. All right. I, I was going to uh, I was going to deliver my hot take uh, in a segment on the show. But since we're talking about it here. 
We don't have a hot take intro yet, so you can no. just do it here. All right. Yeah. So I had the chance to see the truck a couple months before it came out, or maybe a month or so before it came out. Holman's take on the Cybertruck. And so the Cybertruck, to me, when I saw it, I was uh, aghast, would be a really good, uh, no pun intended, uh, would be a really good uh, word. And so I, I wasn't super stoked on it. I was kind of like, what a monstrosity. Why would you do it? Blah, blah, blah. Now, this is years ago, and I've, I have you know reported on, seen, whatever, all the conversations, and then all the ones getting stuck, and all that stuff. And I, I actually had a conversation on uh, online this week where somebody was bashing just because it was an EV. And I'm like, listen, as a journalist, I have my own feelings of where EVs fit in the world. But my job isn't to take those personal feelings of whether something's appropriate or inappropriate or whatever. It's to judge the product on its own merits, standing alone. Right. Take away the infrastructure. Take away the conversation oh. about EVs. Take away all that stuff. I'm a customer. I'm looking for a cool vehicle. Let me understand this, whatever. The early fit and finish from the RCs, from the release candidates, were was atrocious. We all saw the photos online. The the vehicles right. did not look like they were screwed together well. They honestly didn't look that impressive. There's been lots of people who've had videos and memes. And I think the meme and the videos of getting stuck is really low-hanging fruit because, to, to Lightning's point, it's kind of like how the, the ridgeline is the truck for Honda people. They're going from Accords and right. Pilots, and they're going, I'd like to pick a truck. But I don't need a, 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 a half ton. I'm going to go to Home Depot. I'm going to put my kids' bikes in the back. We're going to go surfing. It's perfect for those people. Well, I think in the same way, the Cybertruck is the truck for Tesla people. And they're basically not really looking for a pickup truck. They're looking for a statement and something cool and something that's different. So I look at it as a lifestyle vehicle, not a pickup truck. So I'll, I'll, I'll start there. I recently got invited over to Unplugged Performance, who had a customer vehicle there. And I got to spend about two hours with it. And I got to tell you, the production one I saw, the fit and finish was really good. The doors felt like bank vaults when you close them. Nothing felt cheap or chintzy. I still hate the big screen and nothing in front of the steering wheel. That still bugs me. I, I've never liked a, a setup like that. I wish they would have had a, a second screen with some additional information from the driver. When you sit in it, it doesn't feel super super weird. It's big. It's airy. When you see it parked next to a Model 3 or a Y, it's ginormous. Um, and this one was yeah. on 35s, 35-inch uh, uh, tires on, on 20s on Unplugged Performance's new wheel. And the more I, I, I hung out with it, I was kind of like, you know what? It's not for me, but there's some pretty cool stuff on here. And I was, mm-hmm. was kind of looking around kind of over my shoulder because I feel like every time I mention Cybertruck, either people are like, dude, you're a rad futurist, bro. You're one of us, a Tesla cult. And then the other half are like, you effing sellout. We hate you. How could you say that thing's cool? And I'm like, no, I can I can appreciate the vehicle and not want it for myself and do both of those things. It doesn't mean that I'm part of either one of your cults. Well, but it sounds like America where the it's a silent majority, right? The people who are in the middle aren't speaking up. You hear from the loudmouths yeah. on both sides. Well, and, and I think the, the, <laughs> the memes are easy, but I think the reality is, is those people are on probably full tire pressure on not an off-road tire. You know, and they, don't, and they don't know how to drive off road because they're Tesla people. Exactly, man. I agree with you completely. And that's exactly what I see. Like there was that one. I think it was like at Lake Tahoe. Man, that snow was stupid deep. Like if you don't know what you're doing, you're gonna get stuck in that. No matter what, your tires are aired all the way up. 
you're just giving it the gas or you know salt or whatever you yep. want to call it you're gonna get stuck it, it's it's i don't know well then everybody's I, like I oh I, I get wasn't it a uh like a f-series that pulled it out or something it was like, oh that dude didn't get stuck yeah he also wasn't down the hill either he was, he was up on, on the right ground exactly. so i mean so yeah. I, I feel like everybody's looking for the worst. I'm going to judge it when I get to drive it. I'm going to have an opportunity to drive one that's slightly modified and, t- and take it off road in the uh, coming months. So I'm excited for that because as a journalist, I'm excited for for new and exciting things. And I have to hand it to somebody. Whether you like Elon the person or not, or you like Tesla the company or not, there's a certain amount of a nod to it that you have to give the, that guy because he said, I'm going to build something that's totally different than everything out there. F you, I don't care if you like it or not, and, and we make did. no apologies. And he did. How many of us would love to do that in yeah. our day is, is is say F whatever's going on and then just do what we want? And that guy did it. And there's people who appreciate that. And I'll tell you, the Tesla folks are crazy. They're, they're very weird, culty type people, a lot of them. I've, I've met them and I was like, okay, calm down, right? And and we see that online and you see like, oh, I'm the, the Tesla white knight hero is going to come in and tell you how I'm saving the planet. Like I've said on this podcast before, don't get an EV because you're going to save the planet. Get an EV because it fits your use case. There is definitely a place mm-hmm. for them. There's definitely a use case for them. The, the Cybertruck is no more appalling than say a Hummer H3T EV truck to me. It's just one looks one way, one looks the other. I'm telling you, when you see a mm-hmm. Cybertruck in person, and the panel gaps are tight, and the finish is good, and it's sitting in a parking lot in the sun, and it looks like nothing around it. It looks like a, the future is in front of you. It looks like a cartoon. When you walk around it, and you walk around the thing, you're like, I want to hate it because it's so stupid, and it's so ugly, and it it's not a real pickup truck, and yeah, it can tow a little bit, it can haul a little bit, and all that. It's not what I'm used to or what I would uh, look for in a truck. And that's fine. But you know what? I'm still sitting there going, but I, I don't hate it. So I don't. I don't know what that makes me. I I am I'm, I'm truly like like no, but I, but got a mixed opinion but, on. Yeah, it. but I, I, like I said, you're in the middle where you should be, because if you were a homer for it, everybody would call you out. Yeah. And if you were on the other side, going, I want a gas guzzler forever. You know, people there, that would be insane. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. What is your as a journalist? What are you seeing, Caleb? I, I, I'm very much the same. I, I'm in the middle. And I think that if if you don't uh, fall in one category or the other, just like Sean was saying, like you get called whatever the opposite is. And so I, I, I don't want one. I would not own one because it does not fit my use case. But it is very much a lifestyle vehicle, something that fits Tesla drivers. And I think that's what we have to like get through our heads, right? These people are all new to, to trucks, most of them, right? Like we see that. And, and, and that was the way it was even with F-150 Lightning, you know? So like we shouldn't be surprised that they don't exactly fit the mold, especially of domestic pickups that we've seen for so long. Like that's not what they are trying to be. And now, you know, more than ever, or at least more than I've seen, you know, in my lifetime, it's like there's a whole lot of American trucks to pick from, and they aren't all just the same with different bodies, right? It's not the exact same layout. It, so I don't know. I think that's something that, you know, you should be excited for. And also just remember this, you know, as far as like the whole Tesla fandom goes, there are people that do not pay attention to this stuff at all. They are not on Twitter all day long. They're not reading all, you know, all of these people that come out with these like, you know, screeds, right. That are saying like, Oh, you know, Elon is the best thing since sliced bread or whatever. 
But those normal people that just see Teslas on the road, those are the ones that tell me, man, I'd really like to test drive one. So I think that is more telling than what any enthusiast, you know, really has to say is what does the average consumer think about this? And whenever they see it as something neat, as something novel and something that, you know, maybe actually be a better fit for them than a regular gas vehicle, then, hey, I I think that's probably a better measuring stick uh, for us to use. So here's some funny comments that I got. So I posted the thing. So at Sean P. Holman on uh, Instagram, I, I posted me with a Dr. Pepper in the Cybertruck. And I'll have some, I'll, by the time you hear this, I'll probably have some some more posts up there. But I like your post, by the way. We're like, oh, just having a Dr. Pepper, not acknowledging that you're standing in front of Cybertruck. Yeah. I like that move. And it was funny because a lot of people like, jumped in on that. Uh, one guy said, gross, not the Dr. Pepper. That's a great mixer. The other one appears to wheel worse than a sheet of plywood. Um, I had... Uh, you know, uh, you know it would make this post better if you were leaning on a Cybertruck. <laughs> I had a uh, too bad, you know, it's a cool concept, but not for this guy. I'm not into electric. Um, is that yours or Lightning's? Which is funny. You know, I like the wheels and tires. This one was interesting. He says I'm not on board with full full EVs. I have a hybrid, but GD, if I'll be stuck charging on the side of the road somewhere in the middle of a trip, the cost unreliableness are BS uh, to have shoved down our throats by the government. And I wrote back. Hey, Easy Tiger, no one is asking you to be. I also have a PF as one of my cars, and I agree it's the best use case for the technology. And I also agree BEVs should not be mandating that the infrastructure is nowhere near ready. That being said, I'm, an, I'm a journalist. It's my job to be open-minded to all the vehicles and review them on their individual merits, and I'll reserve judgment until I get behind the wheel. So we had some really good conversations back and forth with some people on that post, and it, it was nice because it literally it was like 50-50 of people who, who were just trying to have the best comment of the day the people who absolutely hated it and the people who were like, yeah, that's kind of rad. And whether you like it or not, it's polarizing. It's causing conversation. I don't think any of those things are ever bad. What do you think of the guys who are rapping them? I saw a re- there's a really nice white cool one rap. and a black one. I saw the, the, the matte black look really cool. So you can get it from the factory. I think it's matte black or white. Oh, you can. Mm-hmm. It's wrapped. Right? Yeah, wrapped. Yeah. Dude, mm-hmm. I got I to tell you the sickest look for a Cybertruck is that rendering where it's like dropped yes. on the ground. Yes. Dude, that that is, thing was that awesome. so much better. Yeah, I was like that a Ken, so Ken Block livery. Is that the one? I don't remember uh, it had a liver. I thought it was still just stainless. It was still just stainless. I, I don't I don't remember who posted it. Normally I'm not into renderings, but man, if somebody could like actually make that happen where like the wheel like the wheel and tires tucked, like that was the right look. Because if you're gonna go all out, you know, and making something look like totally outlandish, something like you've never seen before, like slam it on the ground. Yeah. Totally. Just like people were talking about with uh, Raptors and TRXs. We're putting the big drag slicks on them and slamming them. And it's like, do different things, people. Like, And the beauty of the Cybertruck is it's a blank slate. There's companies out there already making product for it. Like, go make it better. Or if it's if it's not for right. you, you don't have to buy it. Do you it's think not, we'll not see a bunch of them at SEMA? Oh, I think they'll be, yeah, all of them will be at SEMA probably. Um, what's what's next? What do you have cooking at the drive that we should know about that we should be uh, on the lookout for? On the lookout for at thedrive.com. Oh, man. So, you know, pursuing stories like, you know, this coming settlement that's been going on, um, it just peels back layers of the onion, right? Like, it just reveals more and more and more of what we could talk about and what deserves to be talked about. And so, like, my my title at The Drive is Trek Editor. And so, it's kind of, you know, it's like, it's my motivation to write about trucks in an intelligent way. You know, I think, like, a lot of times we get written off as just, like, you know, do flunkies and hillbillies and like, Hey, I'm both of those things, but I want to be able to explain exactly why they stir up so much enthusiasm, right. Amongst people like us. And so 
I'm going to be digging a lot deeper uh, as far as what the EPA is doing and, and taking on, you know, manufacturers, also aftermarket tuners. Um, and I think that there's so much of the story still to be told that, you know, maybe is shared in, in niche circles. And definitely, you know, obviously on Facebook groups, it's all that people talk about, you know, on like any type of open, uh, of open forum like that. I mean, it's everywhere. But as far as reading about it, um, and, and, and a story that is well-researched, that has, you know, original quotes and everything else, that's pretty few and far between. And so I want to be able to expand on this to uh, convey exactly how big of a deal it is, because this is the storyline right now, whether we like it or not. You know, obviously, we get tired of talking about this stuff at times whenever it's just another fine, another, you know, million dollars here, million dollars there, whatever. But... It, uh, it means something whenever you're able to put it in context to the rest of the industry and also hear from the people that are like actually involved in it firsthand. So, yeah, I don't you know, I don't want to give away too much, but those are the types of stories that you know I pursue at, at every turn. I have an idea. You should see how easy it is to get your truck deleted. And then write about it and then put it back to stock so you don't get popped. You can't or like, don't oh, delete it in the first place. No, because you're like, I, I'm a writer. I, I I did it for it because you'll still get busted. Or but you like, don't follow through. I think he does follow through. and I You think, want him to go to jail. You no, want no, our guest that we've been chasing me. for a year <laughs> to, to go me. to jail. Listen to me. I love Caleb. He's not coming on the show again if he's in prison. No, I know. You understand <laughs> this, right? <laughs> yeah, he's in the pokey. Listen. Listen, goes, Corey is our poster child for prison terms and big fines with (laughs) federal government. We can't have more than one friend be a felon. The reason I bring this up is because, Caleb, again, I hang out on these groups all day long in the forums, and every day, 30 times a day in all the groups is, hey, where do I get to delete delete and how much? And there's a bunch of guys that wave in. Here's what you have to understand. No, it's awesome. Wait, wait, wait. Why doesn't he get it done? And then write about it. Caleb, this is why. Let me explain (laughs) something to you. Show how easy it is. No, let me explain something to you. The reason Lightning is saying this is because he wants to do it himself and he's too much of a pussy. What are you talking about? I don't have a diesel. And oh, 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 oh how convenient. Wow. How convenient. But I wouldn't so even, what he's I doing for the show. I would do it for the show, but I can't. He's I have trying one. to get someone else to be his proxy, and you just happen to fall in his lap right when his curiosity was no, big. Listen. Do not fall for this. Listen. Do not listen wrong, to him. Wrong, wrong. Here's the thing is that if Caleb writes about it... If Caleb goes it, to jail, you will pay his a, a, a legal fees. I'll bail him out. That's not what... That's <laughs> not enough. I'll, I'll send him I'll send him a, a pie... You'll send him a, a fruit no, basket in prison. No, I'll send him a pie with a key so he can get out. <laughs> no, then you'll go to prison and I'm going to have that someone else do the show with me. Actually... That's not a bad mm, idea for you, yes. about it. He's like, send that pie with a key in it. <laughs> I think it would be fascinating to, to read about how you did it and how much you paid for it and now it's in print for all for the freaking feds to see you know it's yeah, like super cool to send our friends to jail that's no that's but he's great. gonna put it right back to yeah. stock right right he puts it right back it doesn't to stock work that way the next day he can't of tamper it with does. it done if you put it back to you stock no it doesn't work that way you know that we've talked about it on the show i'm just saying <laughs> just <laughs> Uh, I'll tell you guys, the people, the people that know me, you know, closest, uh, they do refer to me as the Hunter S. Thompson of, uh, of, of automotive journalism. So, you know, if I do a little gonzo, if I get in the middle of this, it it would not be an unexpected move, but to tell the truth, to tell the truth, uh, I can't, I can't do that. I do drive a diesel, but I I got a seven, three, I got a power stroke. So, I mean, you're going to have to bankroll something new. 
Huh. Well, Troy, I have huh. to buy you a new truck. I, that sounds fair. <laughs> or at wow. least a new truck's worth of uh, Bakes Power. Oh, I, a Stinger uh, performance pack for the 7.3. Yeah, he wants a, a Big Hoss bundle or there something. There you go, yeah. So, I'll, I'll lace you up with some parts here, but that doesn't help me with your news story, where you're taking a new Ram and you're taking all the emissions equipment and flaunting it in the FBI. Yeah, but you sending him to jail doesn't help him either, so it's not a fair trail. not going to jail. What makes you think he's going to go to jail? Okay. He's going to say, I got it done. It was $4,800, and the guy did it you know, in, in two hours, blah, 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 blah. And he goes, all right, I got it done. This is oh, how hold easy on. it is. Hold, hold and then, on. And then Do he you hear that? And the next day. Do you hear that? Hold on. Do you hear that? Open up. This is the fed. <laughs> They're already at our door of the pod shed. Sure. <laughs> Can we just let Caleb go now? Because I don't think he's I'm up for having antics. fun with my man, Caleb. Yeah, it's going to be real fun when he's... <laughs> Making hooch out of like old orange peels in the clink, <laughs> making hooch. That's that's actually part of the public school education here in Southwest. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, dude. Well, we we appreciate you, and I know uh, you've been super busy. We've been trying to get you on the show, but I'm glad you made the uh, the time for us. And uh, if you guys want to follow Caleb Jacobs uh, and his work, you can go to thedrive.com. And then Caleb, uh, where can they find you on social? Oh man, I am I am not the world's most active person on social. I'm I'm mostly on Instagram, and so you can find me at Caleb J Words. But again, uh, I, my DMs are always open for tips. I check my social all the time. I just don't post that much. But uh, all right, hit me up if you got anything story wise. You heard the man slide into his DMs. Yep. And Caleb, thank you for not only uh, uh, including us in one of your recent stories, but listening to the show. We appreciate it truly. Of course. Thank you guys very much for having me. Glad to be here. Awesome. All right, brother. Well, uh, we will talk to you soon because I'm sure this isn't the end of, uh, I don't know, truck news that we both care about. This is definitely an ongoing saga. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Years and years to come. Awesome. Thank you, Caleb. (laughs) Stay out of jail. Thanks, guys. (laughs) Stay out of jail. (laughs) Yeah, you bet, guys. See ya. So thanks again to our guest, Caleb Jacobs from The Drive. That was a great interview. And, of course, we got to thank our friends over at Nissan. Head over to your local Nissan dealer at NissanUSA.com. And when you're shopping for gas or diesel pickup parts, look no further than BanksPower.com. Type in your year, make, and model and find the parts that will make your truck faster or more efficient. And if the suckage on this episode wasn't too high and you're willing to come <laughs> back for more, then uh, we've got our regular episode dropping next Monday. Good luck.